You are listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. Together with right attitude, servanthood, and humility, the fourth ingredient in true leadership is sacrifice. Listen to how Jesus exemplified this in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. We're ending our series on unpopular, and uh, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, this is actually a leadership series. How many of you enjoyed the time with Pastor Bernard uh, last uh, Sunday, right? That was an amazing uh, preaching, and we talked about humility last Sunday. Basically, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, or maybe you just joined in the middle of the series, we've been talking about uh, unpopular, being an unpopular model of leadership, because the leadership style in the world is totally different from what Jesus is espousing or modeling. Uh, just to give us a short review, uh, in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, we uh, looked at the scripture that our attitude should be the same that of Christ, that we are not to consider, uh, uh, that uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but to consider others better than yourselves. Okay, And uh, that when you talk about leadership, it's not about us. Everybody say, it's not about us. It's not about me. Okay? So that's really about, uh, you know, that speaks about leadership uh, in a biblical sense, because when you talk about leadership, uh, the second week we talked about that leadership is serving. Everybody say serving. That he who wants to be the greatest must be the servant of all. And we've uh, learned different uh, paradox in the kingdom. That he wants, he who wants to be the first shall be the last. That he who is last will be the first. You, you, if you want to be great, then you must learn how to serve. And I believe that that is the biblical way of leadership, which is a servant or a serving way of Leading. Okay, and so uh, last week we uh, heard Pastor Bernard talk about humility. Okay, a humble way uh, in serving people basically is uh, realizing that you know when you lead, it's not about yourself. Yes, in leadership there will be uh, perks, there will be a position, there will be power and authority given to us. But how many of you know that it's not about us? It's not about me, and it's about ultimately it's about the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. Okay? And today, we're going to be talking about this final word. And the word for the day is sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. How many of you are familiar with this word sacrifice? How many of you normally sacrifice? We, we, we sacrifice, but we don't really like the term sacrifice, right? Because when you talk about sacrifice, you know, the, the meaning of sacrifice may mean suffering or hardship. In fact, when I say the word sacrifice, I'm pretty sure that you all have a picture in your mind. You know, one of the pictures that we can have about sacrifice is probably the sacrificial system. When you see a lamb, for example, in the Hebrew, uh, in the Hebrew culture, uh, the sacrificial system is, they, uh, you know, once a year, the people give uh, a lamb or an animal to the high priest. And this will actually serve as the sacrifice or a propitiation for their sins, parang sin offering, so they can actually have an atonement. Okay, we're not really familiar about that here in the Philippines because we don't really have a sacrificial system. Although you know, when I was growing up, I re- I, I noticed that uh, you know when builders will build houses, uh, they would actually you know sacrifice a chicken. How many of you are familiar with that particular practice? How many of you are architects or builders? 
Di ba? Para may padugo. Di ba? Para ginigilitan yung gilip. Di ba? And then you pour the blood on the on the corners of the of the of the lot. Okay? Of course, this is not a biblical practice, but somehow I just kind of remember that you know we're you know growing up. It's it's meant to like ward off evil spirit. How many of you know that you don't need to do that? Okay? If you make Jesus Christ your Lord. But speaking of chicken, okay, I remember a uh, story about the chicken and the pig. Okay, and there's uh you know there's this chicken. And there's this pig living in a farmhouse, and they found out that one day, you know, it was the birthday of the farmer. So the chicken had an idea. He made the suggestion to the pig. Why don't we treat our farmer boss with the nicest breakfast that he can ever have? Let's give him bacon and eggs. And the pig looked at the chicken. That's easy for you to say. In your case, you're just going to give an offering. In my case, it's going to be a total sacrifice. Makukuha niyo rin yan maya-maya. Of course, another uh, way to picture sacrifice if you're a chess player, di ba? For those of you who play chess, di ba? Sacrifice is when you actually sacrifice a, a chess piece in order for you to be able to gain an advantage or have a better position against the opponent. Okay? That's another way to view sacrifice. Sacrificing, giving up of something in order to gain another thing. Okay? Or maybe sacrifice is just losing a game. Okay? Kind of like the Lakers. You know, they've been losing the games. Sorry about it. I'm going to a Lakers. Wow, after three you know, uh, games, you know, they keep on losing... Uh, to the Spurs. Okay? So, the, the, so that may be a sacrifice. You're kind of like Lasal to Ateneo. Parang gano'n. No? Parang sakit. Di ba? Anyway, so that's another picture of sacrifice. Okay? And, uh, you know, if you look at the Webster Dictionary, just to, uh, before we read uh, the word this, uh, this evening, according to uh, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the definition of sacrifice is an act of offering to a deity something precious. Kind of like that lamb, okay, the killing of a victim on an altar. Okay, so you offer the sacrifice on an altar. Okay, in fact, uh, in Romans chapter two, we're, we're to be living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord. Not that we're gonna kill ourselves before the Lord. Okay, but the life we live is like a sacrifice, a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to the Lord. Okay, second definition is to, to something offered in sacrifice. Okay, similar to the first. Uh, third definition is uh, an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. Now, to give us uh, an example, how many of you are single ladies in this place? You please raise your hand. Single ladies. And proud of it. Yeah. How many of you are praying that someday you'll get married? Bakit makuha ng Lord ng litrato yung mga nagtatas na kamay? Alam ni Lord yan. Ito ng Lord sa record book na yan. Let's say, for the sake of example, okay, that day finally came. And there's this Mr. Wright who proposed, wanted to marry you, you know, uh, he gave you a ring, diba? put the ring on the finger, all the single lady, so, uh, so he gave you that ring and he promised to marry you. Okay? Now, how many of you single ladies would be willing to sacrifice your lunch or your dinner in order to fit that wedding gown? Diba? Mas mahalaga yung wedding gown kaysa sa kain ko lunch. 
Di ba? I want to fit in this size 2 wedding gown. Parang gano'n, no? Or size 0. Parang gano'n, di ba? So, mas hindi ka na humihinga. Parang gano'n. Kasha naman. Di ba? Di ba? So, you're willing to sacrifice. Or maybe sacrifice in order for you to be able to save for the big day. Di ba? We're willing to give up something in order to gain something better in return. Di ba? Something given up or, or, or lost. Okay? It's another meaning of sacrifice. You know, how many of you appreciate your parents? Diba? You know, they sacrificed, you know, when we were young in order for us to be able to go to uh, go to nice schools and give us our, our, our allowance, our bow. I appreciate my mom and my dad for doing that. They sacrificed a lot in order for, for them to be able to send us to, uh, to school. Okay? You know, as, as we talk about sacrifice, John Maxwell, uh, in his book, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, wrote about the law of sacrifice. And the law states, very simple. Okay, can we all read this out loud? One, two, three. A leader must give up to go up. Okay? And uh, how many of you know that that is true? That, you know, leaders need to give up something in order to go up the, maybe, you know, you're looking at the corporate ladder, you know, and... And leaders or managers, you're probably a manager right now. And in order for you to go up that corporate ladder, there are some sacrifices that you probably made. Uh, you know, according to this law, there's no success without sacrifice. In order for you, and how many of you would like to be successful in life? Please raise your hand. Okay, one, two, three. I mean, we want to be successful in life, but guess what? There are sacrifices involved in order for us to be successful. Maybe you're a student here and you want to be on the top of the class. Guess what? The sacrifice involved is maybe you don't watch as much TV, you don't go into the internet as much as the other classmates because here you are, you're sacrificing your precious time in order for you to be able to get good grades. Diba? Sacrifice is involved. In fact, another part of the law, it says uh, the higher... The level of leadership, the greater the sacrifice is involved. And so, there are a lot more things about sacrifice. But I, wanna, I want us to look at the scriptures right now. And uh, we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 26. And I'd like to invite everyone to stand up with me as we uh, look at um, one particular story in the life of Christ together with His disciples as they were uh, spending time uh, with Jesus in the final hours of His days uh, on earth. Okay? Matthew 26, beginning from verse 36, you may just follow along as I read with uh, my voice. Okay, Follow with your beautiful eyes. Yeah. Then Jesus went with His disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And He said to them, Sit here while I go over there and what? And pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Who are the two sons of Zebedee again? James and John. So these are the three uh, inner circle. Okay, uh, Among the disciples of Jesus, these are the three that are closest to Him. Okay, And He began to be sorrowful and troubled. In fact, you know, it is so rare to find Jesus being sorrowful and troubled when He's with His disciples. Normally, His full of faith. Normally, he's you know, ready to do a miracle, ready to teach. Okay? When he was in the boat, in the, in the storm, the people were panicking and he was sleeping at the back of the boat. Okay? But for the first time, we see that he was troubled and he was sorrowful 
because of what's going to happen. Uh, then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of what? To the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And what happened after that? Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Okay, look at the person beside you. Hindi ikaw yon. Okay, same sa kanya. Okay, you know, I realize that disciples are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, sometimes in our quiet time, Jesus will find us sleeping. Yan, okay? Could you men not watch or keep watch with me for an hour? Can you not tarry with me or wait for me for an hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. And this is a very good advice from the Master. If you want to keep your life free from temptation, watch and pray. Not watch a movie, okay? Watch your life and pray. Because the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And we, uh, we uh, often quote this. Uh, verse 42, He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is po- not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Verse 43, When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. Kind of like some of us here today, okay? Uh, verse 44, So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for our time tonight as we uh, study your word. Lord, I thank you that even as we look at the final uh, installment of this series on leadership, I thank you, God, that we will learn from the sacrifice that Jesus made and the act of submission and obedience that he had towards the will of the Father. I pray, God, that you would speak to us even in this area of submission and in the area of obedience. Thank you, Lord God. Bless your people, Lord God, tonight. I pray for our spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you better and a better to obey, uh, a better time to obey you with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. Okay, just to give us a uh, quick background on the setting of the verse you've just read. Uh, it was the time of the Passover. And for those of you who are not familiar with the Passover, the Passover was instituted during the time of uh, Moses in Exodus. And, uh, you know, it was supposed to be a lasting ordinance that they are to celebrate this uh, in Israel. And, and, and after hundreds of years, they are still doing this. A Passover meal is actually a meal wherein they, uh, you know, took a, a lamb and bread and, and, and wine, wherein, uh, you know, the people of Israel during the time of Egypt, uh, put on the doorpost the blood of the Lamb so that when the angel of death saw the, the blood of the doorpost, he would pass over that house and not even touch anybody there. But to the people in Egypt, there's no such blood Then the angel of death would actually kill the firstborn. And so it was a lasting ordinance okay, uh, for the people of uh of Israel, and it is now known as also the Last Supper, which is similar to what we had a while ago, communion. You remember communion? You know, we uh, talk about the bread and the, and the, and the cup, basically to uh, celebrate and be grateful for what Jesus Christ gave us. Now, it was the Last Supper, right after the Last Supper, Jesus invited 
his disciples to go to Gethsemane. You know, and it was a normal practice for Jesus and his disciples to go there. You know, sometimes you know, kind of like you know what what we do. You know, when we after dinner, you know, how many of you sometimes after dinner you want to go around and walk? Pampatunaw, parang ganon, di ba? You wanna enjoy the breeze outside the home, and then you know, lalakad lang sa village. So that's exactly what they do. Okay, it was a common practice for them. It was a time also for Jesus to to to, to pray to the Father, to connect with God. And Gethsemane is actually uh, a place at the bottom of the Mount of Olives. Okay, so if you've been to Israel, uh, there's a, you know the Mount of Olives. Right below that is the Garden of Gethsemane. In fact, in the Garden of Gethsemane, you will find so many olive trees. And the meaning of Gethsemane is actually oil press. Everybody say oil press. So the, the oil press that the Israelites use is actually kind of like this. Okay? And since there are a lot of olive trees in that area, they get the olive fruit, they put the olive fruit in a sack and put it under the oil press and out comes the oil, which is a precious commodity among the Jews. Okay? Now, after, of course, after you pressing the, the olive, uh, the olive fruit now becomes a pulp, but there's something that's very useful that comes out you know, after pressing, the, uh, after applying pressure on the olive. And this is a very good metaphor that, uh, you know, when Jesus was walking at the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, he was feeling the pain, he was feeling the pressure, he was actually spending his last few hours before he would actually go to the cross. And every time we look at sacrifice, to sacrifice is often identified with suffering and punishment. Diba? And uh, I realized that maybe some of us are so used to sacrificing. You know, for example, if you don't have enough allowance, you'd rather walk than take a taxi. Diba? You know, so form of a sacrifice. So when you talk about sacrifice, when you hear the word sacrifice, parang it's almost equivalent to pain. Suffering, punishment, diba? and so we want to look at three things that Jesus did, particularly in the Mount or in the Garden of Gethsemane, that speaks of the sacrifice that He made as a leader, you know, uh, of uh, His disciples. Okay, the first sacrifice or action is in sorrow. Everybody say sorrow. Okay, He became so sad. Okay, and why was that? Verse 37, it says, He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. There was only one time in the Gospels where in Jesus you would find Jesus weeping, and that is the shortest verse in the Bible, in the book of John. It was in Abiron, Jesus wept. And the time was when, uh, you know, when uh, Lazarus died, and the sisters, Mary and Martha, called upon him, and he felt the pain of the sisters, and so he wept with them. And this is the other time also we can see in the scripture. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Now let me ask you this. How many, how many of you have actually had a, uh, you know, a time in your life where you've been so sorrowful almost to the point of death? Talagang sobrang lungkot mo. You know, mas malungkot pa sa mahal na araw. Talagang wow. There's so much pain. They may be... Losing a loved one is one. You know, I shared uh, earlier that, you know, when we lost our son, you know, we felt so much pain, so much sorrow in our hearts. If it's, 
more than emotional pain. It's almost like physical in nature. You feel the stabs in your heart. Parang ganun, parang sorrow to the point of death. Okay, or maybe you lose a job. How many of you know that can be sorrowful? Actually, more panicking than sorrowful. <laughs> more anxious than sorrow. Diba? Maybe losing something. Okay? Losing a dog or whatever. You know, to, to the point of death. Okay? Losing something. Okay? Sorrowful. And, and Jesus said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. You know, I, I hear an action that's normally said, it is lonely at that time. How many of you have heard of this statement? It is lonely at that time. I don't even know who said this. That's why I like anonymous. Okay? And so, it is lonely at the top. And sometimes as leaders, you know, there are some things that even your subordinates can't feel it. They can't understand what you're going through. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus. He was asking for His disciples to stand with Him, to pray with Him. You know, stand with me. Just be there. And what did they do? Natulog. Can you imagine that? And so, you know, he, he couldn't bear, you know, he, he was imagining the cross and he knew for a fact that all of them will abandon him. One of them will betray him. In verse 21, it says, while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. You know, how will you, you know, how will you res- respond, you know, if one of your best friends will betray you. Masakit nun. How many of you have had somebody betray you? Diba? It's hurt. Parang ganun, no? It hurts, diba? You know, somebody speaking bad about you, somebody backbiting you, the very friend that you have, the, the person that you trust, and yet he turns his back on you. He's talking about, of course, you know the story, he's talking about Judah. Siguro kung Tagalog si Jesus, diba? I tell you the truth. Isa sa inyo ngayon, manghuhuda sa akin ngayon gabi. Parang gano'n siguro sinabi niya, no? <laughs> Literally, okay? One of you will betray me. And not only that, in verse 31, Jesus told them, this very night, you will all, everybody say all, not just Peter, but every one of them, all will fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will scatter. That was one of the reasons why Jesus, at the very last hour of His life here on earth, He was so sorrowful because the very people that He invested His life in, they were not there. At the time when He needed them the most, you know, we're expecting our families, our friends, to be with us at the final hour of our life. But here was Jesus. Nobody was standing beside Him at the last hours of his life. Secondly, you know, another sacrificial action that Jesus made was in struggle. He was struggling. He knew the very purpose why God sent him here on earth is to die. But yet, at that particular point in the garden, he was feeling already the reality of the cross. In verse 39, we see that uh, particular verse. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken away from me. And what was the cup that Jesus was holding? It's not the cup of Starbucks, you know. It's not a regular latte, you know, extra hot, you know. It's the cup of suffering. There's the same cup that he was referring to when James and John was asking for the right hand side, uh, the right seat and the left seat of Christ. The same cup, the cup of suffering. 
you know, that Jesus will actually go through the cross in a few hours. And yet he declared, not as I will, but as you will. Not just physical struggle. Imagine with me for a moment, you know, that he was going through, you know, and when you talk about the cross, the cross is actually a normal instrument of punishment among the Roman Empire. This is the most excruciating, the most shame, uh, shameful way to die uh, during the time uh, you know, when Jesus was still alive here on earth. In fact, it was so common that the way they punish criminal is by putting them on the cross. And here's Jesus. He was imagining that you know, in a few hours, he's going to be carrying that very cross that he was, he's going to be hang on. They're going to kneel him on the cross and he's going to be dying of asphyxiation. Physical struggle. He was feeling it. He was asking the Lord, the Father, Lord, pwede ba? Next time na lang. That was, you know, if, if we're gonna, you know, uh, paraphrase the scripture, Jesus was asking for grace. Lord, pwede bang wag na lang? Is there another way that we can do this? Is there another way for, for us to save these people that you love? But there's no other way. He had to die for the sins of man. Physical struggle, emotional struggle was also part of that. He was going through some emotional pain, knowing that the very people that he loved will abandon him, and also spiritual struggle. You know, he's going to be carrying the sin of man on himself. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us, so that you and I can be the righteousness of God in Christ. Can you imagine Jesus walked a holy life? He walked a life without sin. And yet on that cross, He will not carry the sins. He will become sin for us. He who became sin for us so that we can enjoy the righteousness of Christ. And how many of you are grateful for the righteousness of the Lord that is now found in your life? That's because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Can you imagine for me, how many of you have sinned at least once in your life? Please raise your hand. How many of you, if you're honest, sinned more than once a day? Let's say, just for the sake of example, that a normal person will sin three times a day. Okay? Three times a day, for one year, that's about 1,000 sins. For one person. Let's say on the average, a person will live 80 years. Can you imagine how many sins a person will commit in his lifetime? 80,000 sins. And how many billions of people are there in the planet? Those who lived in the past, those who are living today, and those who live in the future. That's exactly the amount of weight, the spiritual suffering that Jesus carried on the cross. In fact, it was so bad that the Father had to turn His face away from Him, His Son, and Jesus on the cross cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Instead of Jesus addressing Him as Father, He addressed Him as God because He was feeling the weight of the sin of the world upon himself. He was struggling. In fact, in another gospel, as he was praying in the garden, being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like what? Drops of blood falling to the ground. That's how bad it was. And he was feeling the pressure of the pain of the coming crucifixion. And lastly, in submission. Ultimately, when you talk about sacrifice, it is submitting ourselves to the will of the Father. 
Verse 42, it says, He went away a second time and prayed, My Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. You know, what does it mean to submit? There's no other way but to define the word submit. To submit means to surrender, to yield, to accept. And the big word, obey. Everybody say obey. How many of you sometimes have a hard time obeying? In fact, if you read the book of Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible says, Wives, submit to your husbands. As to the Lord. How many wives do we have in this place? Please raise your hand. How many of you sometimes find a hard time obeying your husbands? Uh, pastor in the money. Don't bring that up, Pastor. But that's exactly the same word. When Jesus submitted His will to the will of the Father, guess what? That's the same operating word as wives submitting yourselves to your husbands as to the Lord. But it doesn't end there. Of course, the husband is to love his wife just as Christ loved His church. And how did Christ love the church? He died. (laughs) For the church. It's easy for a wife to submit to a husband if she knows that her husband would love her just as Christ loved the church. And all the women would say, Amen. Ang hirap pag-obey, no? Is there another, baka Lord, baka naman uh, pwede namang uh, hindi fully obey. Baka naman suggestion lang yan. Eh, wala. If you, read the, if you read the scripture, it's submit. It's obey. Obedience. You know, we're raising up our kids in obedience. And you know, of course, it's a challenge. How many of you parents would love your kids to obey you when you tell them something, di ba? And, you know, the promise of the scripture is in Proverbs. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And the rod of discipline or the rod of correction will drive out folly from his heart. And so, you know, as we discipline our children, we have three girls. Okay? Uh, of course, our, our eldest daughter is already an adult, 21 years old. But we still have two young uh, daughters. Okay? So I have a seven-year-old named Anna and a six-year-old named Andrea. And so Andrea is uh, really a character. Okay? And so... You know, sometimes it's hard for me to make her compliant to whatever I say. And so if I, I tell her, you know, Andrea, you know, you know that if you don't obey, you'll get the rod. Yes, Dad. But still, she will not obey. And then one time I asked her, Andrea, who's the boss in this house? You know what her response is? You and me, Dad. class <laughs> talagang. Because she thinks she has the authority, and whoever has the authority, then that's the one who should call the shots. But you know, obedience is really hard. And Jesus subjected himself to obeying the will of the Father. In fact, he had the power to say no to the cross. You know, in verse 53, it says, Do you think I cannot call on my Father, and He will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But did He do that? He did not. 
You know, how, how powerful is 12 legions of angels? You know, one angel in the Old Testament killed 70,000 men in one encounter. One angel. 70,000 men died. Can you imagine 12 legions of angels? If he unleashes this, ubus ang population of planet Earth. But yet he did not. He allowed himself and subjected himself to the will of the Father by giving his life on the cross. Though he had the power and authority to do it, he did not use it. And he made a way for him to be able to give his life so that you and I can be saved from our sins. You know, was he a helpless victim in this? No. In verse 18 of John chapter 10 says, No one takes it from me. He's talking about his life. But I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again, which he did after three days. This command I received from my Father. That's why when you talk about sacrifice, you know, God is not really looking about sacrificing oneself, but He's looking for another thing. In, verse, uh, in, in Psalm 40, verse 6, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have pierced. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. In another Psalm, Psalm 51, verse 16, You did not, del- you did not delight in sacrifice. You know, if you're reading this, Lord, if you don't like sacrifice, then why are people doing it? He likes the symbol that sacrifice makes. Or I would bring it, you do not take pleasure in burnt offering. Then what is he after then? King Saul, when God actually told him to annihilate the Amalekites, did not fully obey the Lord. And instead of killing all the uh, the men and the soldiers and even the cattle, he saved some of the best cattle. And in his mind, he said, I wanted to give an offering to the Lord out of the plunder of the cattle I got from the Amalekites. And this is the response of God to the prophet Samuel. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? And he said this, to obey is what? is better than sacrifice. And to heed is better than the fat of rams. In other words, when you talk about what God desires, it's not really about sacrifice. God wants an obedient heart. God wants us to have a pliable heart before Him. He wants you and I to have an obedient heart, a heart that will obey. Tell the person beside you, tell that person, have a heart to obey the Lord. Okay, so have a heart to obey the Lord. Okay? I'm preparing to close right now. The ultimate sacrifice that a leader can make is not just to give his life for the benefit of his subordinates, but to obey the voice of God because that is the will of God. In other words, when you talk about sacrifice, sacrifice is really a symbol of a holy life. You know, when you sacrifice more than killing an animal or more than suffering or more than being in pain, really sacrifice is in full submission to the will of God. And really asking the Lord, Lord, make me, a, you know, make me, give me a heart that will obey you every single day. Psalm 51 verse 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And that is what God is looking for. He's looking for a heart that is soft before Him. He's looking for a heart that yields to Him. He's looking for a heart that is pliable before Him. A heart of obedience. A heart that is broken. A heart that is contrite. 
a heart that is bent to obey His voice. Meanwhile, I want to share and to come to a close, a sacrificial leader is one who walks in obedience before the Lord. And my prayer tonight is that God will find in His place a people who would readily obey Him, a people who would not be stiff-necked, a people who would not have a hard heart, a people who would not be stubborn. And the Bible says, you know, a man who is stiff-necked after many tries, you know, he will actually be destroyed in the end. You know, but God is patient with us. That when God tells us to do something, it's really for our own good. Because how many of you know that the will of God is always good, pleasing, perfect? And He wants us to be aligned to His will. His will is always better than our will. His mind is always better than our thoughts. Lastly, as I come to a close, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, and we've read this before. Being found in appearance as a man, He humbled Himself and became what? Obedient. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross. The reason why Jesus Christ did it is first, He loves you and me. Second, He was willing to obey the will of God the Father upon His life. And ultimately, after praying three times, He submitted His life to the will of God. We hope you were inspired by that message. To learn more about leadership, we encourage you to join a Victory Group today. Visit and inquire at the Concierge or simply request for one at www.victoryalabang.org or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Thank you and stay connected.